Well, the NFL schedule reveals tonight, but Adam and I are here to give you our way too early playoff predictions for this year. Welcome to the Goal Line Fade Podcast. So by the sounds of it, the first couple of games of the season are going to be super tough. It's uh, tweet surfaced earlier today that apparently every AFC team is going to play uh, the NFC division that they're supposed to play this season in the first four games. So I don't know. We uh, we made this list before those tweets came out. So things will be a bit interesting now. But uh, got to say, I'm super pumped for the schedule reveal to come out tonight. Yeah, I mean, the NFL schedule reveal for some people, probably not a big deal. For people who are super, super hardcore and just always want to be kind of focusing in on what their team is going to be looking like in a year it's a big night to see you know you can start to make some predictions on records you can start to see oh like you know when does this important game come up when does this important game come up so it'll be it'll be a lot of fun I think um, with with so much uncertainty just having something that feels like oh hey maybe you know maybe this is something that can give us some actual surety for for going into the year that'll be nice but um yeah, I think anything sports at this point is just going to to make people happy. Yeah, absolutely. That's the sort of the nice thing about the schedule reveal too is there there is some drama to it, right? It's obviously not as much as the draft or, or some other components of the NFL offseason, but it's always fun seeing that that schedule come out. And uh, the hope is that you know people can plan what games they're going to, what games to buy tickets to, and hopefully we do see a reality where people can actually go to the games and the stadiums aren't empty. So um, super excited to see what the NFL schedule looks like. Um, super ex- excited to uh, project some teams records in the, the coming weeks. But um, obviously <laughs> we had our predictions after free agency of who we thought would, uh, would win divisions and how we generally thought divisions would rank. Um, but I think, we're sort of at the point in the NFL offseason now where we can actually dive into who we think may be able to make the playoffs based on what they did in free agency and based on what they did through the draft. So, um, you know what, let's let's start with the AFC. Daniel, who are the, the teams for sure that you're confident will make the playoffs? Um, and which teams are you a little bit more skeptical about on your AFC list? Yeah, this is, right, this is way too early. That's, that's kind of yeah. the point. Um, but as Absolutely. I've been looking at the AFC, like, I don't know, man. I, I feel like three divisions in my mind are, are pretty much settled. Um, I don't think anyone can beat Buffalo for the AFC East. I don't think anyone can beat Baltimore for the AFC North. And I don't really think anyone can beat Casey in the AFC West. Um, that South is hard because, like, honestly, there are probably three teams realistically besides the Jags I think any of them could really push to win that division this year um so in terms of the the teams that I am absolutely sure I think in the AFC that are going to let's go with win their divisions right now I think Buffalo Baltimore and KC I am all in I think those teams um are kind of the cream of the crop right now in the division um or in the conference story I think KC is is an easy choice I think Baltimore's an easy choice, and I think Buffalo is a really good team uh, that just got a lot better over the offseason. So those are kind of the three that I'm feeling the most sure about. And that makes sense. And you know what? I would actually agree with all of those. So um, the weird thing is, though, when talking about these teams, I feel as though Buffalo is one that we could say has a very good chance to win the conference. 
Um, I feel like, you know, Baltimore, okay, we saw what their offense could do last year, but I feel like teams sort of adjust over the offseason and they understand how they can start combating that high, uh, high-paced high offense, right? And with Kansas City, we sort of saw that last year. Um, Mahomes' first season as starter, their offense was, I mean, through the roof. You couldn't stop them. It was, it was super tough. And last year, we saw a little bit more of a uh, halt in their um, ability to score points in the regular season anyways. So I could actually see Buffalo coming out in the, um, the first slot in this conference and actually being the one team to receive a bye this year in the AFC. Um, where you and I, I find <laughs> our opinions differ, I, I really think that the, the Indianapolis Colts have to be the lock right now to win the, the AFC South. I feel like we talked about it last week. What they did in the draft was very impactful. Um, them going out and getting DeForest Buckner. I feel like their defense is now in a, a pretty good place, not just with that move, but with some of the other moves that they made. The Indianapolis Colts, to me, um, if they don't rely too much on Phillip Rivers, but if they can run the ball effectively, similar to how they did last year, and um, really just play solid on defense, I think that they have a really good chance to win that division. Obviously, you know, I see Tennessee as a capable of winning that division. Um, they proved last year why you know, why they're a successful team and why they're a successful offense. It's going to stick with their two main guys, right? Uh, Ryan Tannehill and uh, Derrick Henry. But I I don't know. There's part of me that just feels like the Indianapolis Colts are the team to bet on in the AFC South this year. But you went a different way. Yeah, like for me, the the thing with the Colts is that I just don't know what to think of Phillip Rivers quite yet. Um, He definitely did not have a great season. And... Yeah, for me to kind of just assume that he's going to rebound and come out and be ready to lead uh, a team that, I mean, wasn't bad last year, but definitely had its weaknesses. I, I just, I don't see that. I think Tennessee probably, in my mind, is the team that wins that division. Obviously, I'm also a huge uh, Deshaun Watson apologist, so it, it's hard for me not to put Houston. But I think Tennessee, um, just down the stretch last season, w- was able to show that they were competitive and they could stick with pretty much any team in the league if given the opportunity and they didn't really lose a lot of their important pieces and I think for me that's kind of the big thing is uh, they're a good team that I think got quite a bit well maybe not got quite a bit better but essentially stayed the same which I think is exactly what they need. So do you see that um, hurting them though right like so they go out and they get um they get a couple pieces in the draft, right? They get uh, the offensive lineman to replace Jack Conklin, I believe. Um, in free agency, I, I can't recall, but I don't think they did too much. Uh, Logan Ryan still isn't signed, but they they kept Derrick Henry. They kept Ryan Tannehill. Um, I guess my main question about Tennessee would be, do teams catch on? Um, we sort of saw down the stretch that, you know, they just relied on Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill didn't have to do all that much. So, if teams start shutting down Henry earlier in games, similar to what the Chiefs did, um, can the Titans continue to put up as many points as they may need to in this conference with Ryan Tannehill leading the pack and, and taking some of the stress off uh, Derrick Henry's shoulders? And that's the, the answer that um, I think could win this division, right? If Tennessee's able to do that, I think that they, they definitely could win this division. If not, I think that the Indianapolis Colts um, we'll be able to rely heavily on that running game. I can't stress that word enough, heavily. And uh, they have to be the favorite in my mind. So 
really like Ryan Tannehill is that person that uh, that's top of mind for me anyways, if Tennessee's going to be the, the cream of the crop in the AFC South. And I mean, and how well teams play against Derrick Henry from now on too. Yeah. Like those are, I mean, the NFL is a quarterback driven league. We all know this. So it's not a shock that it will ultimately, yeah, you're right. Fall on, on the shoulders of Ryan Tannehill to actually say like, Nope, we, we are a run first team, but when I need to, like I can carry this offense, I can score the points that need to be scored. And I think another year in their system will definitely help with that. And now the confidence, right? Like Mariota's gone. There's really no one breathing down his neck to potentially take that job back. Like this is, this is Tannehill's job. He is the starting quarterback of the Tennessee Titans. And I think um, for him, that vote of confidence is good. I've always thought very highly of him. Even during his time at Miami, it frustrated me because I did not want to like a player who was playing for a Patriot rival, but, you know, I think I think that division um, of all three in the AFC is probably the hardest to predict going into this year. Um, an argument could maybe be made for those bottom three teams in the AFC West, uh, and I could maybe ah no, I like even the AFC East. I feel like there's not a whole lot of entertainment to be found there this year. But um, let's talk about. So we have those kind of the we've talked about the division winners. Um, and I think, yeah, you and I have Buffalo, Baltimore, and Casey all pretty much locked in, winning their divisions. Um, and then we have the AFC South obviously being harder. We're going into now a year with three wildcard teams per conference. It's, it's a new thing. And um, I know for me, I don't know if you kind of experienced the same thing, trying to pick your, your teams to go in. But um, when you have to pick seven teams, you kind of are left at the end being like, well, which of these bad teams is going to be the least bad and get in? And this, that'll <laughs> be my big, my big complaint with the seven game playoff. It's some mediocre, like even with six teams, often a, a mediocre team ends up getting into the playoffs. So now um, I definitely found myself kind of staring at these teams and being like, Hmm, like, you know, right now preseason, I, ha- I have high hopes for some of these teams, but I'm sure as the season goes on, uh, we're not going to have seven good teams in each conference. So the three wild card that I have going in um, are Denver, who I think this all rests on the shoulders of Drew Locke. Adam, I saw you reply to um, someone's tweet this week. The question was uh, like, uh, which oh, what is it? Which team's success relies most on their quarterback? And I think you nailed it by saying it's Denver. Um, if Drew Locke is the real deal, if he's good, Denver is probably the five seed. Um, they they have built a really strong team around Drew Locke. It's just going to be on him to make the best use of what he has. And then Pittsburgh, I think, with Big Ben coming back, they were at 8-18 and last year with uh, two people who were barely quarterbacks on the field most of the time. And I think that kind of shows well for Pittsburgh with a defense that, I mean, still has has T.J. Watt and some other strong pieces. They obviously um, now have Juju Smith-Schuster getting his quarterback back. They have James Conner, who's been a solid running back. I think Pittsburgh pushes for a wild card spot. And like I said, I can't leave Houston off this list. No, and those those three are obviously quite strong. Pittsburgh is, I don't know, there's there's something about Pittsburgh in my mind that I just I can't I can't slot them in the playoffs right now, and I don't know why. Um, who knows? Maybe that that'll change early in the season. We'll see. But uh, I, I just have some question marks around Pittsburgh and how well their offense will work. If Ben is fully healed, can their defense play to the level they did last year? Um, you know, what changes do they make to, to have more of an offense? Because like, obviously last year there, there was nothing to see on offense. It was quite bad. So 
Pittsburgh definitely is a team to watch, though, if they can put their offense together. Um, I went a little bit different. So I did have Denver. Um, I don't have them at my five seed, but I have them at my six seed. And then I have the New England Patriots and the Cleveland Browns. Um, so Denver, I, I won't <laughs> I won't make any additional comments beyond yours because I think they're bang on, right? Like Drew Locke is is sort of the, the key person to watch in that organization. But as far as the Patriots go, um, I've said this before, and I can't remember if I've actually said this on our podcast or not, but the way I see the Patriots organization going over the next five years is um, I think being quite similar to the way that they were in the initial Tom Brady era. So Tom Brady wasn't always a star quarterback in the NFL in his first few years with the Patriots um, as a starter, rather. It was all about running the ball and having a strong defense. Um, yes, he was effective when he needed to be. Obviously, he was quite clutch, winning three Super Bowls in four years. But ultimately, it was about that running game. Um, when they acquired Corey Dillon at one point, uh, he had some great seasons there. Um, they had some other running backs that were quite valuable at that point in time and a very strong offensive line. And so the Patriots mold sort of reminds me of, of back then, right? We've got a young quarterback who we don't quite know what he's capable of. He was a, a mid-round pick might surprise us and become a star might turn out to be someone that's not on our roster in a couple of years. Um, I think that we got a, a great backfield of running backs. Um, Sony Michelle needs to take a step up for sure, but I think that offensive line is solid and that's where a lot of my confidence comes in. They, they kept Joe Tooney and that was a big move for the Patriots. They had an okay draft. They reached a lot by the looks of it, but if any of those picks pan out on defense, I think that this will be a playoff team. Um, but but to your point, Daniel, right, it is hard to rank some of these teams just because of the fact that, you know, there's seven playoff teams now. I think that's like it's not 50 percent of the league, but it's it's almost right. So there's going to be some um, borderline good teams that actually make it into the playoffs. And I think the Patriots are going to get in for that reason. Um, another team, though, that you didn't have that I have is the Cleveland Browns. Um, as far as I'm concerned, the pressure sort of off for them this year. They have a new head coach. Uh, they had those high expectations last year that have sort of dropped this year because of just how bad they were last year and the fact that they didn't live up to those previous expectations. So as far as I'm concerned, I think the pressure's off enough um, that they're hungry this year and that they'll they'll want to go out and prove everyone wrong. Like They're not the same old Cleveland Browns. Don't expect what exactly they delivered last year. Um, you may doubt them, but I think the Cleveland Browns are going to be a playoff team this year. And so I expect their offense to perform a lot better than it did last year. I expect Nick Chubb, again, to be the focal point of that offense um, and them not to be relying on the receivers as much. And then I think that defense can be strong. Um, I, I don't want to say that they necessarily have a chance to win the division, but it would not surprise me if if the Cleveland Browns turned out to be a, oh gosh, 11-16. and 16. Would not surprise me at all. I had to do the math that now that we have 17 games, Daniel. <laughs> uh, 17 games isn't until 2021, so we got a little bit Is of it? time. But okay, yeah, never mind. We got, we got one more season. Five. Then 11 and five. Yeah. So okay. So Daniel, like I, I, I think by seven in a row where Buffalo won. I, I I'm just thinking I can't go with the way things were last year. So Buffalo won, Baltimore two, Kansas City three, Indianapolis four, then the Patriots, the Broncos, and the Browns in that order. Do you, do you have a specific order or not so much? Yeah, so first I just want to say something about the Browns. I actually do really sure. – I like your pick there. Um, and that's – yeah, like it's – the reason that I, I, 
I like that Cleveland pick. I think I think you nailed it. They came in with so much pressure last year um, and just obviously weren't able to live up to it. Baker was kind of underwhelming. Odell Beckham didn't have a great season. Nick Chubb was kind of the one big bright spot. I had a hard time leaving Cleveland off of my list. Um, yeah, it's funny. I, I, I joked about how there's going to be so many bad teams getting into the playoffs. But, but honestly, as I look at the AFC landscape today, and again, by week six, this will be totally different because it always is. But there's a <laughs> lot of teams that I do want to say can make the playoffs. Like if I just start listing, just scrolling through divisions saying, who do I think can make the playoffs? Um, like Baltimore, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Houston, Tennessee, Indianapolis, KC, Denver, and Oakland. Like that's a huge chunk of the conference. Um, you could see Oakland? I, I could see Oakland. I still honestly think that that team has some... Uh, very redeeming qualities in it. And I like Derek Carr maybe a little bit more than I should. Or Mariota. Who knows who's going to start there? I, I <laughs> made the Mariota benching prediction last year. Maybe I'll have to make the Mariota taking Derek Carr's job prediction this year. But um, <laughs> the, yeah, the, the Browns are, are a really interesting team going into this year. And I think one that are going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, but yeah, if I, so if I had to seed my, the current playoff picture that I have, um, Oh boy. Okay. One seed. I think Casey's your one seed. Baltimore's your two. Buffalo is your three. And then Tennessee is your four. Um, you said oh Denver is five, right? Uh, I, I'm, yeah, I'm having a hard time between Denver and Pittsburgh at five. Um, <laughs> Denver and Pittsburgh are definitely five or six or, and Houston is seven. I think my gut instinct is that Pittsburgh becomes the five seed. Denver is six and then Houston is seven. Hmm. Interesting. And for me, so you said Cleveland was a hard team to leave off your list. For me, Houston was yeah. a hard team to leave off mine. I just, I found yeah. like, um, I, I'm not as big on Deshaun Watson as you are, but for him alone, right? Like them getting rid of Hopkins was obviously huge. He's a huge part of their offense. Probably, well, definitely the most consistent receiver on that roster, maybe in the league. Um, Fuller is not all that consistent and is hurt quite often, which sucks. So if, if he's on the field healthy for a 16 games, Houston, I mean, has a very good shot to win that division. But just with the makeup of their receivers right now, um, yeah, it was just hard to throw Houston on this. Like, it was hard to decide if they should belong on this list. Um, but Deshaun Watson is very capable of winning games. So, yeah, that was the one where I was just like, Daniel's going to hate me, but I just, I can't do it. <laughs> I'm going to give Cleveland a chance. <laughs> so, and I mean, and, and I'll be totally honest, like I'm still a Patriots fan leaving the Patriots off of this. Um, but I, I don't think it's fair for anyone to count out a team that is being headed up by Bill at Belichick. And so um, the AFC East mostly still sucks. New York still sucks. Miami probably still sucks. So that alone could be some wins for New England that could stick them up at maybe the nine, 10 wins you might need to grab the seventh seed. Um, like my, my default projection for their, their record at this point would probably be seven and nine or eight and eight. But I think they're, they have a lot of potential to surprise because they're the Patriots. And until they prove otherwise, I think they always deserve a little bit of that benefit of the doubt. For sure. And if we take a step back for a second, I, I actually don't agree with the comment you just made. I don't think the dolphins are, are going to be a, a team that you roll over this year. There's, there's part of me no, that no, thinks... No. Not like last year, but I just don't think they're a yeah. playoff team yet. Fair enough, but like I, I understand that, but I, 
they were one team that I actually had to think about for throwing on this list. If I'm being completely honest, like they were in the mix for that seven spot. Because as far and as I'll give like, you my you know, crazy one, because I almost put Cincinnati on. <laughs> and you know what? Cincinnati and Miami both I could see fitting. Like, and that's the thing is every year we see a team that just comes out of the blue and like shocks all of us, right? Baltimore, who who would have projected them as the number one seed last year, right? It it just wasn't something we thought. I mean, Indianapolis or Tennessee or Denver could be the the one seed this year, right? Like things are obviously so unpredictable. But anyways, there was a part of me that was thinking Cleveland could fit on this list. Um, But Miami, yeah, going back to Miami for a second. I mean, even if two is not the starting quarterback, even with Fitzpatrick there, um, I think that like we saw the receivers, they were so strong last year, right? Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, right? Preston Williams. Yeah, their rookie last year who was fantastic before he got injured. So as far as I'm concerned, that Dolphins team is not uh, not a team to be messed with. Their offensive line is a little bit weak, but their defense got a lot stronger in free agency. Um, their corners are expensive enough that they probably should be quite good this year. So anyways, those it would not surprise me to see the Dolphins making a wild card spot this year. It would surprise me to see them winning the division. But yeah, there's... Uh, <laughs> There's part of me that's like, well, maybe can't rule them out as much as we might want to. But um, is there any team in the AFC that you're saying for sure won't be making the playoffs? Don't expect to see them anytime soon. I think you said the Jaguars. Hey? I I want to. I mean, oh, the the Gardner Minshew love train wants to kill me at this point. But yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't think the Jags have a shot this year. I. I I don't think I understand your thoughts on Miami. I don't think they have a shot this year. Okay. Um and I I would say probably the Chargers aren't there yet either. Though the Chargers may only be a year or two away. But that's a lower number than I would like I I wish I could with more confidence give you more teams right now, but with again like the AFC at this point is kind of down to two powerhouses. Um there's like only two teams that I can say beyond a shadow of a doubt, like will make the playoffs, right? Buffalo, I think is the third best team, but something could happen and they could fall apart and not make the playoffs. Like that's not outside of the realm of possibility. My only two absolute locks are Baltimore and KC. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. Right. And I mean, injuries are a real thing too. Who knows? how the NFL season shakes up last year if Patrick Mahomes isn't Superman and if he actually does damage his knee in that game against, uh, oh, who was it? Was it Denver on Thursday night or a Monday night? Do you remember what I'm talking about? Where that, like, that yeah. brutal, oh, it was just His, disgusting. like, wacky saved them. Yeah, like the knee that popped out or, or whatever the, I can't remember what the injury was, but who knows, right? Like, injuries are, unfortunately, one of the greatest variables in sports, too, so if we're talking about Drew Locke in Denver, like what happens if he gets injured? And I mean, it's not Flacco anymore, but if uh, actually who is the backup in Denver, I don't even know that, but if they come in and who knows what, what that would mean. Right. So obviously uh, it's too early to predict a lot of these things, but to your point, I think Baltimore is such a strong, such a strong team and uh, Kansas city, the same. So no, it's uh, it's interesting in the AFC. And and so it's kind of weird because the AFC, we're projecting how good certain teams will be and like who we think could ascend to the playoff ranks, right? Like we're making some some pretty gutsy projections here just because Cleveland did not show any of that last year. Denver didn't really show much of that at all last year. New England, like, lots changed for them. 
Indianapolis, again, lots changed for them. Um, but the NFC, I felt like the NFC should have like 14 playoff spots and the AFC should only have seven. Like that just feels like the way the, the nature of the conferences are. The NFC was so hard to, uh, to predict, I found it. And I would imagine you had the same problem. Yeah, the NFC became, um, yeah, kind of one of those, those uh, I, I don't know if it's hard because they have a lot of powerhouses or if it's hard because they have a lot of mediocre teams. Um, because they definitely have some where it's like, okay, do you know what? Uh, these teams are, are solid. They're locked in the playoffs um, and they are towering over the rest of their division. But then you have other teams that are like really big unknowns. Um, I mean, I would put like Carolina, like we don't know really what they're going to look like. Um, Chicago is a, is a bit of a question mark to me. Washington, if somehow Dwayne Haskins actually gets his crap together. So, so there's, yeah, I don't know. I, I had a, a bit of a harder time picking those spots. So, Adam, why don't you walk through first where you landed, and then we can talk through those. Okay, that sounds good to me. So, see, and I, I felt like I had that problem that you were just describing in the AFC, where it's more like, again, projecting what teams we think might be good. And the NFC, I feel like we know that a bunch of these teams are just going to be great, and it's going to be a battle for who are obviously the top seven, right? Like who's going to, you know, slack a bit and, and be screwed over because of the fact that everyone else is playing so well. So I'll start with just saying who I think the division winners will be. Um, there's going to be uh, potentially a lot of hate from uh, the state of Texas here, but I think, I think the Philadelphia Eagles win the NFC East. Um, I talked about last week, how happy I was with the NFL draft and the way that uh, the Eagles drafted. I mean, um, what they did for Carson Wentz, you know, the fact that they're getting younger on defense, I think that's huge. Um, so as far as I'm concerned, I think the Philadelphia Eagles win that division, and I have a lot more confidence in them than I do in the Dallas Cowboys, actually. Um, so I have them for the NFC East. For the NFC West, I have the San Francisco 49ers. Um, as far as I'm concerned, you know, some people might be saying Arizona, some people might say that Seattle still has a chance, but we saw way too much from the 49ers last year. We, we just, we saw how strong they are. We saw how dominant that defense is. And I think there's less of a risk for them of slacking. Um, you know, talking about Baltimore and Kansas City that, you know, teams might catch on to the way that they perform. I think the 49ers will be a little bit harder to predict this year. Um, Kyle Shanahan always does a good job of, you know, making things unique on that offense. And I think their defense is just so unpredictable. They went out and got another guy. Um, at 14, Javon Kinlaw, that who knows how he's going to contribute to their defensive line as well. So I think that they did enough to um, stay fresh. I see the Minnesota Vikings winning the NFC North. Last year was the Packers. It just feels like this year is the year that Kirk Cousins really ascends. I feel like they got Stephon Diggs out of their locker room. We heard so much speculation about uh, him last year and, you know, some of the turmoil in that locker room. So they got younger on defense. Uh, they, they just have a plethora of picks coming in they they got rid of all their defensive backs and and have a new uh secondary so as far as i'm concerned this team is looking fresh and really good um and then you know what this was a hard one for me daniel and, and probably wasn't as hard for you but i have the tampa bay buccaneers winning the nfc south and i, I wanted to say the new orleans saints but i mean you talked about it last week how well the buccaneers drafted and as as far as i can project i think that the buccaneers will come out on top of the saints in that division so those are my my four division winners but the two that i had the most faith in um 
for whatever reason, the Philadelphia Eagles and, of course, the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, so this, uh, I hated picking the NFC division winners. I really hated them because I think in, in three of the, the divisions, uh, there's some real potential for, I guess, honestly, in all four. I don't think any of these divisions is settled like I do in the AFC. Like, I, I don't think Baltimore or KC can lose their division. Um, I don't feel that way about any team in the NFC. I think every one of these teams has some potential to, to be knocked down a peg. The division winners that I have just kind of on, um, yeah, just, just a little bit of work today looking into this and, and seeing um, what teams have done with their rosters. Uh, I, I have to take Dallas for the NFC East. I think just because, honestly, last year they were way too good to be 8-8. Eight and eight. I still can't believe they finished with the record they did. Um, and I really hope now with Mike McCarthy there that he'll be able to, to shake them out of the Jason Garrett uh, mediocre is all we need to be era. Um, and then I have Green Bay and that one. Yeah, I hate that. I want, I want to say Minnesota. I, I want to continue on my Green Bay was the worst 13 and three football team I'd ever seen train, which is still true. But um, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a fire under him this year with the Jordan Love pick. Um, and I realized that on, honestly, on offense, they don't have a ton of great stuff to work with. I think they drafted a running back this year. Um, Adam, you would remember. Yeah. Yes, I can't remember who it was. Um, but that, that's a good piece for them to have. Uh, and then I took Tampa Bay as well, um, just because, yeah, I, I have a hard time betting against what that team has done. Um, they, they were a 7-9 and nine team with a quarterback who threw 30 interceptions. And I can guarantee you that Tom Brady ain't throwing 30 interceptions. And I think that if he cuts that down a third, that's like another three or four wins for that team. So I think Tampa is one that really should be scary. And that's like just Tom Brady's impact alone, not to mention the way that they've strengthened up the rest of the roster, bringing in Gronk, bringing in a good left tackle in the draft now. Um, yeah, just really starting to solidify that team. And then, yeah, I also had to go with San Francisco. I thought that they were probably – uh, overall the most talented roster in the league last year and they didn't really lose a lot and the, the pieces that they lost they seem to have replaced pretty well so um, yeah not a ton of disagreement from us I think Philadelphia definitely could fight for that division and it's the same with Minnesota um, but like I said everyone like San Francisco could easily be taken out by Seattle uh, Tampa Bay yeah easily New Orleans could win that division but I think these other teams just currently have a bit of a leg up and see I think that Tampa has, if I was to say a, a lock for sure, I don't necessarily think Tampa is the best team in that conference, but I think that they're the one that I'd put the lock around the most. <laughs> I'm saying that with, uh, with skepticism in my voice, but um, I don't think the Saints did all that much to improve their defense, and that was really where their weakness was last year. Um, so as far as I'm concerned, I think it's, it's the Saints defense that will hurt them, right? We, we talked about it last week when we were talking about the Panthers draft that, you know, in that division, you have to have a strong defense and the Panthers went out and drafted players uh, to have a strong defense. The Buccaneers did as well. Um, they grabbed Winfield and a couple other defensive players. And so anyways, I'm more confident in the Buccaneers defense, which I think is going to be the differentiator between them and the saints. Um, <laughs> getting into, I guess my wild card picks to talk about this next topic um, to your point, the divisions that I think will be up for grabs the most um, are the NFC East. And uh, you know what? I, I shouldn't say that. 
like I, I put the Eagles as one of my most uh, the teams I was most confident in. Um, I think that they'll be the one seed. Yeah, I'm really going all over the place here. Tampa has, I think, the best chance of winning their division. I think the Philadelphia Eagles um, are best suited to to win the conference. Gosh, this makes no sense whatsoever. But anyways, <laughs> where I'm trying to go here is I could see Dallas fighting for the division enough and doing well enough in the division that they get the five seed. Um, I see the Arizona Cardinals really pushing the San Francisco 49ers for the division. Um, for some reason, I just I, do, I can't put Seattle on my list. I just I'm not feeling it with Seattle. But I see Arizona taking a huge step this year, and then of course uh, the Saints. And believe it or not, I wanted to throw the Carolina Panthers on this list, and trying to pick one of the teams to throw out of the three I just mentioned was very tough. So yeah, this NFC East has got me tripping all over myself, Daniel. I can't even talk about this just because there's so many freaking good teams in this conference. Yeah, and I think like for a while now we've realized that the NFC is the the stronger of the two conferences. Um, so for me, like as I looked into the wild card spots, I kind of had the same struggles as you. So I took uh, New Orleans, Minneapolis, and or Minnesota, sorry, and um, Seattle. Which, yeah, like you said, I think I feel a little weird leaving Philadelphia off of that list. I feel a little bit weird leaving Arizona off of that list. Um, but as, as I look at this playoff picture that I've put together, um, so if I had to seed it, I'd probably go San Fran one seed, Tampa as your two, Green Bay three, Dallas four, uh, oh, New Orleans five, Seattle six, Minnesota seven, probably something like that. Um, I just, I, like, that to me that's a crazy lineup of seven teams. Like that is, that is seven crazy, crazy talented football teams uh, minus maybe Dallas who might just win because I don't think that division is great. Um, they have a lot of talent, but they haven't shown the ability to bring it all together. So yeah, the NFC is a frustrating conference to try to project like, Oh, so let's, okay. Let's ask those same questions. So yeah. Who are the, who are the teams in the NFC that you would say like, nope, no hope. This is not a year they're making the playoffs. I'd say the LA Rams. I'd say the Atlanta Falcons. Um, oh gosh. It'd be really hard for me to say the Redskins, but I, I think those are the only ones. I think maybe the Redskins. I think it's not Atlanta's year. And, uh, and yeah, the, um, the LA Rams just still, just with how hard that division is, I think they're the one team that's left on the outskirts for sure. Who yeah, do you I think go? the Rams logo alone makes me hope that they miss the playoffs. <laughs> that is a piece of hot garbage. Um, Don't want to see that more than 16 times a year. <laughs> oh, so ugly, man. Um, I think I, I like Atlanta, but I think you're right. I, just with the talent in that division, I think they kind of just get squeezed out, you know? I think they have to play both New Orleans and Tampa Bay twice, and that's that's a lot of really losable games, which is not going to be helpful for anyone in that division. I think Detroit and I think Detroit and Chicago both. I think I think the NFC just has such a bigger disparity than the AFC. Like I think the NFC has a lot of really good teams and a lot of really bad teams, whereas the AFC overall, besides Baltimore and uh, Kansas City, are, are just a little more mediocre. <laughs> so there's like closer battles. Um, yeah, and 
Uh, yeah, I, I said that I think Washington has a chance if Haskins is developed. I don't think he will. So I think they're another team that just doesn't really have a chance at it this year. Okay, so now actually thinking about teams that could shock us, right? So teams that not, aren't necessarily on our list, but that we think could possibly shock everyone and make the playoffs. The Giants. Um, atop, yeah, yeah. <laughs> atop that list is the Giants for me. Um, they got a lot stronger on defense, you know. Daniel Jones coming into his second year, having a hopefully Saquon, uh, sorry, healthy Saquon Barkley for 16 games this year. Um, if, yeah, what's his name? Oh, the receiver. Oh, that's going to bug me. Um, Slayton. Darius Slayton? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, having, having him this year again with Daniel Jones, the two of them back for their second year together. Um, they pop out to me. The Detroit Lions also pop out to me. Um, I could see the Detroit Lions winning that division. The Bears I'm less confident in, but I think the Bears have a chance to make a wild card. I could say, see the Lions actually making the playoffs. I think that, or sorry, actually winning the division. I don't know if you're as, uh, as much of a, a Lion believer as I am, but I truly think with how good their defense is going to be this year, like all the talent they brought onto their defense and guys that have played together as Patriots, um, as well as some of the moves they made in, uh, in the draft, man, they feel to me like a team that could just shock all of us. Yeah, I think I want to be on the Lions bandwagon because I really, really, really like Matt Stafford. Uh, but I just don't, I don't think I can be. Uh, I just, again, it's like one of those situations where I think when you're playing Green Bay and Minnesota twice each, like that's brutal. That's two really good football teams. And that's a lot of really losable games. And that, like, that's when divisions really matter, right? When your division across the board is like just good. Uh, division games don't mean as much, but when you're like a mediocre team, or like a borderline playoff team in a really strong division, you go from being a borderline playoff team to like potentially what going six and 10, just because you keep losing division games. So that's yeah. kind of brutal for, for a team like Detroit, or I would say a team like maybe Carolina or Atlanta, depending on who really can hit their stride this year. Um, I mean, I think for a lot of people, the idea of Arizona making the playoffs is a shock, but I think both you and I are kind of on that train as that being a real possibility. Uh, I think Atlanta could. Uh, I don't think they will, but um, in that division, they would be. I don't really think Carolina has a super realistic shot at this point. So, like, Atlanta to me, uh, right, because Carolina really only has Teddy, like, as a, well, everyone thinks, me included, think Teddy is going to be really good, but we don't really have a lot of proof of that right now. So that, that to me is, is a hard question mark, whereas New Orleans, Atlanta, and Tampa now all have established veteran quarterbacks. Wow, it feels weird to say that Tampa has an established veteran quarterback. <laughs> See, but I, I would disagree with you. I'm putting Carolina third in that division. And to be honest, the team that, again, that I was going to throw into the playoffs, I don't know where, but somewhere, was going to be Carolina. And it was late when I moved. I think it was the Cardinals I moved in. Um, instead of Carolina but I, I truly think like to, to your point right obviously when you're playing within your division you have to be able to I mean win those key games and I think um, we saw certain teams go after players spe like specifically in the draft just because that's in more recent memory that sort of target you know where they were weak last year especially against those division rivals right we saw teams that tried to get faster um, in the AFC to try and compete with the Chiefs, right? Like um, Oakland did that, or sorry, Las Vegas did that, and Denver did that. And so it sort of felt like um, that's what some teams did in the draft. 
to try and prepare for exactly what we're talking about, right? Like to have that leg up on their division rivals. And Carolina, for me, feels like that team that they did so much in the draft on the defensive side of the ball that they're really, I guess, projecting that their offense is going to be good enough. And as far as I'm concerned, like I believe in Teddy Bridgewater enough that I could actually see them. Um, no, I don't see them winning the division, but I could definitely see them making the playoffs. And so I'd be more confident in them than I than I would be in. Oh gosh, in Atlanta for sure. I'm just looking over uh, all the teams in the NFC, and my head hurts as I start to think about it. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> but okay. So the Seahawks, you have them in in your. Uh, playoff bracket but do you think there's a real chance that they don't make the playoffs they're a team to me that like honestly i just see them in the same light as houston where it's like uh, they shouldn't they shouldn't be good enough to but their quarterback can do it alone like there aren't a lot of quarterbacks in the nfl who have that vibe to me honestly as i sit here and think there's maybe only three and one of those is a question mark sometimes i think deshaun watson and russell wilson even though they might not be the two best quarterbacks in the league, have this weird ability to win. I think Aaron Rodgers is kind of almost there, though I just don't like him, which probably is a bit of a bias. But there aren't a lot of quarterbacks in the league who I have that like, oh, well, they're playing, so they're just going to win kind of vibe. (laughs) And I do have that with Russell Wilson, which makes it hard for me to count out Seattle. Um, They really should not have been as good as they have been for the last, probably four seasons since the Legion of Boom has really fallen apart and, and it's all been on the shoulders of Russell Wilson just being so, so good. See, and that's that's where I struggled because like, I, I completely agree, right? Russell Wilson is just so good and maybe, I, I don't know what it is, but with Deshaun Watson and with Russell Wilson, I both just did not agree with them being able to bring their team to the playoffs. But uh, yeah, there's, there's sort of that at least for me, there's that weird feeling of like, I have so much confidence in those guys similar to you, but it's with how good their, their conferences are around them. Like there are teams that don't necessarily need their quarterback to be the best player on the field to win. And I think that's truly the the reason why I left both of them out. And I mean, Seattle's division is just so hard, right? Like it's, it's going to be so competitive and and the Cardinals are going to be really good this year. Um, I'm willing to make that statement I mean, I'm making it on a podcast so people could come back and listen to this as a quote, but um, I'm willing to make that statement quite loudly that I think the Arizona Cardinals can be really good. Um, honestly, the more and more I stare at it, the more and more I think the Giants are a playoff team, though. That's going to bug me now. i got to stop looking at NFC teams. But anyways, like there's, there's so much competition in the NFC. Like I think it was, uh, yeah, it's the AFC East this year that's playing the NFC West. And what we said earlier, right? If every AFC team is playing every or all four of the NFC competition that they are ha- all four NFC teams that they play this year in the first four weeks, that means that the AFC East is playing, you know, San Francisco, Seattle, Arizona, and LA four weeks in a row. And that blows my mind. Like that, that could shred these <laughs> standings altogether. So my head hurts. <laughs> yeah, this is. I mean, it's a weird season for so many reasons, right? We aren't really probably going to get a proper training camp. The season might end up being condensed into 16 weeks um, with like things being skipped, bye weeks being skipped, uh, the season starting in October. Like we just don't know. And all of that will play into this, right? Like it takes up even right. A mentally tough team uh, will survive this better. Like 
some of these young hotshot teams like a KC that's really built off of young athletes and not a lot of veteran uh, leaders, this might be a hard season for them. And you don't know how that can affect a team. Like, um, I don't know, this, this feels like a season where maybe having some, some strong veteran leaders will actually really, really mean a ton for your team if things do get thrown off because of the virus. So there's so many different factors that are going to play into how everything happens now. Um, I mean, even, again, something as simple as having a seventh seed, like it, it changes how the season goes. Um, only the first, uh, the first seed getting a bye week, that changes how those top teams play. So we are kind of entering into what is really a new era for the NFL with, um, with a seventh seed and then with a 17-game season starting next year. Like, yeah, there's just so many things that are going to be impacting uh, how teams play and when they play certain ways and how they handle standings. And I mean, right. Ultimately the goal every week is just to win, but there's just a lot that goes into that. Yeah, exactly. And obviously preparation is such an important part of the game and it feels like the preparation aspect is going to be so much more important this year, right? Like you don't have the time in OTAs potentially, um, to be able to form some of those bonds of chemistry that you normally would with uh, players you're going to be playing alongside. So it feels like, honestly, preparation is going to be the name of the game this year. You know, um, having a game plan in mind for each of your your opponents, even though you may not necessarily have had the time to put everything together, if you're able to uh, just dissect ahead of time how you're going to beat other teams, it feels like that may be where the advantage lies this year. So... Peyton Manning might come out of retirement just to uh, rip defenses apart. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe that's something we have to look forward to this year. But anyways, no, com- like completely agree, right? The season is just, it's already so wacky because of the fact that we have no idea what's going on. Um, I- I've seen a number of just different interesting posts, actually. One was related to the Dolphins are preparing as if they can only have 15,000 people in their stadium and their gates are going to be facilitating fans to come in so they're six feet apart at all times, which is kind of interesting because obviously stadium infrastructure can't change too much. So how are you going to really enforce that? Um, and then I've also seen reports that games might play without anyone in the, the crowds. And I mean, that's more of the like the four major sports um, in the U.S., so I don't know if that's necessarily specifically from the NFL, but anyway, sports could look really different this year. But I think collectively we can all just agree that as long as sports are playing, you know, we have to be happy even if we can't be in attendance. So the schedule will be really cool to see come out tonight. But ultimately, uh, let's just hope that we have the opportunity to watch football in 2020. Yeah, for real. That is like the big hope at this point. And that's sort of the nice thing about the NFL in comparison to some of those other leagues, right? Like the NHL, their playoffs are being completely ruined right now. Um, they have no idea how they're going to end the season. The, um, the NBA, exact same thing. MLB, like this is really the the heart of their season, right? Their playoffs are in October. So they've got a couple months to, to make up for their 182 games. But still, it's, you know, it's taken away quite a bit of their season. But the NFL is really the, the one major league that hasn't been super affected to this point and that we could still see a full season potentially. So anyways, it's uh, optimism as a football fan to realize that uh, the NFL is in a good spot right now by the looks of it to still have a full season. And anyways, 
each day is part of the the things I hope for in life. The NFL being back in full is one of them. <laughs> oh man, like sports. I'm there. Like I miss playing football. I miss, miss watching football. I miss actually having things um, <laughs> that feel certain about any kind of season. Like even man, right now, normally I'd be like gearing up to watch the CFL to hold myself over until real football. Wow. I would have got myself in trouble with that one until real football starts, but it, it's just, it's not fun. I, I want, I want football back. Honestly, confession. I was actually on Apple music today, trying to find theme songs from all the major sports. I just, I got to the point where just hearing the music of the intro, like I was listening to the CBS, uh, sorry, CBS, um, like Sunday, ooh, Sunday afternoons before the, the CBS games come on, that music they play, listening to the Fox music. Um, honestly, I'm just that desperate that listening to the music is some sort of representation of the game being back. And uh, yeah, I spent a good chunk of my day actually trying to find music that brought me back some aspect of sports. So uh, probably going to play some Madden in the next couple of days to to have some sports in life. But uh, yeah, probably a good time to go back and watch NFL repeats, America's game, a football life, catch up on some of the NFL classics, <laughs> hoping it comes back. Yeah. And I mean, that's what we have to look forward to. So as always, as we as we wrap this episode up, we just want to remind you that we're still going to be here every week. We got content planned. We're working on uh, yeah, just still <laughs> keeping sports talk alive at a time when it, you know, it can be hard to actually think of things to bring up, but we're, we're working to, to continue to actually produce things that are remotely interesting and hopefully, yeah, looking forward to a season that's going to happen. So thank you for <laughs> listening and we'll see you again next week. <laughs>